Jonathan Edwards once said, There is no other way that Christians can do so much to promote the work of God and advance the kingdom of Christ as by prayer. Join Ryan Hanley, Adam Howell, and Caleb Niedemeyer for a discussion about living out deeply rooted affections. This is Oaks of Righteousness Podcast. Hey, welcome back to Oaks of Righteousness Podcast. I'm Caleb Niedemeyer, joined, as always, in studio, and by studio I mean a workout garage and Howells, by Adam Howell and Ryan Hanley. We are talking about spiritual disciplines. This is our second week doing that. Uh, last week, if you didn't catch the episode, go back, stop right now, go back, download the first one, and, and listen to that one, and then come back and listen to this one. But guys, we're continuing our, our discussion on uh, spiritual disciplines, and we want to talk about prayer today. But I want to go, want to go back to a little bit about what we discussed last time, reading and uh, studying scripture. You could write it. You could. There's that. What's that study? The journals. The journal journals. Journals. That's what I was just thinking. Yeah, yeah. You can write it. Yeah, my wife really enjoys those. Well, your wife got. She introduced my wife to them, and we have the whole set. Yeah, it, yeah. I think <laughs> we'll I think, be journaling the Bible for the next decade. Oh, it's gonna be more it's gonna be all than that. True. Yeah, I think scribe Liz. Yeah, scribe it. Scribe it. I like it. It's good. Mm-hmm. But I want to just kind of go through what you guys are reading, maybe right now for your own personal edification, or even just for your own education. And your I don't know, spare time isn't the right word, but like when you're reading. What are you What are you picking up and reading? If it's not, not scripture, Ryan, you're doing not your scripture. dissertation. So what are What are you reading? I'm not doing much on my dissertation right now. Uh, <laughs> fixing cars and changing tires and stuff like that. Um, life, the real life. Yeah. So, yeah, most of my non Bible reading this summer has been either research uh, in dissertation field or looking at different books for the fall semester as far as uh, teaching Old Testament and uh, ancient Near Eastern history. So it's been spending quite a bit of time just poring over different books to see what, what students should use in the semester. Just read a John Grisham novel I've had on the shelf for about three years. It's a hundred years old anyway, and uh, finally just got through that. So I, I try and keep some fiction going when I can, which isn't that often, but it's it's good. By the way, did you decide to use Dominion and Dynasty for, for your class? Um, it will be part of the class, yes. Good, good. I know I commented that I wish I had had that when I was in college. But was that a plug for Dominion and Dynasty? It was, always. It's a good book. It is. Does, do you, get, do you get a sponsorship for saying that? Or? You know, if there's anyone out there that's listening to this podcast that can sponsor us, we'll take it. We'll I take mean, it. It doesn't, yeah. have, it doesn't matter really what it is. CrossFit... Uh, mission aware, anybody. Mission aware. <laughs> I'll uh, send this on to Dr. Dempster and, and let him know. There's a spider just descended. Spider just wow. descended onto the computer and is now stuck to my hand. It's a good Jonathan Edwards spider. It is. <laughs> that was pretty apropos. <laughs> uh, Adam, what are you reading? I very rarely have like a book that I'm working through. It's almost always just pieces of many books. So similar to Ryan, I'm looking at a lot of books right now for the fall semester outside of like um, biblical and theological studies I've I just finished a book on CrossFit that was uh, called Learning to Breathe Fire it was very good 
I'm just entertaining and kind of reading. Um, Scripture-wise, I'm working through Genesis right now. I'm Genesis 46, just devotionally reading through. Working on uh, a lot of stuff with Ruth, uh, grammar, handbooks, um, things like that, again, in preparation for the fall, but still, I think we mentioned last week, trying to use those things devotionally, which, of course, it, we're talking about Hebrew grammar, so it, it takes a special person. I have to work. I have to work for the devotional <laughs> thoughts. Hallelujah, Bob consecutive. But uh, yeah, so that's a lot of what I'm working on now. I've been diving for the fall semester. I've been looking at the uh, the new biblical. Is it the theological introduction to the New Testament? The two or the Old Testament? The two that Crossway just came out with. Yeah, and. Uh, I've been working through the Old Testament version of that to see about using it in the uh, the fall, and I, I like it a lot. It's very good. Did you? I, I'm curious, Ryan. You mentioned fiction, and I I've just gotten into reading fiction as far as trying to keep it a, a regular part of the rotation for reading. I find it very easy to read because I don't have to sit there and study it and remember mm-hmm. it necessarily. But do you read a lot of fiction, right, or Adam? No, I don't. When I have, I've enjoyed it. And I, I'm sure somebody out there will say you need to make time for it just to let your brain relax. But I don't have time to yeah. read fiction. <laughs> um, and if I have pleasure reading, um, if I do intentionally pursue pleasure reading, I, I usually prefer like I usually prefer classic novels or uh, history type things. So uh, yeah, I very rarely read. I mean, I guess classic novels would be fiction as well, but sure. like I, I'm not. I'm thinking of like I've never sat down and read The Lord of the Rings or something. Uh, that I'll nature. talk to Ryan about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> perhaps. <I'm, laughs> I've I've read them and they're incredible. Um, the poetry and things like that, and the songs. I tend to move quickly through those, which shows how uncultured I am. <laughs> but uh, anyway. All right, so let's move into uh, talking about prayer and the affections, and how this is. Um, and maybe I, I may be tipping my hand slightly, but when we talk about the affection, we're talking about something that that's spiritually driven, uh, rooted within our within our hearts. So uh, I guess the question is, how do we move from praying about maybe superficial things? praying and it's not superficial because we would all agree God cares about everything Mm -hmm. but how do we move from okay I'm always praying about just my day I want to have a good day I want to you know have enough money for those things and it's not to say that those aren't important but how do you go from there to praying the prayers of say Paul or some of those things where I'm praying that you would uh, grow in the likeness of Jesus Christ, and how do we make that our hearts cry before? And I hope I get over cancer. And it's not to not to lessen that prayer, mm-hmm. but to say, all right, I, I want to go from there to this prayer that Paul has. And maybe I'm tipping my hand and not. You're saying we should pray those kinds of prayers. Yes, I'm saying we should pray those types of prayers. But how do we how do we grow in that? Since everybody looked at me, I guess I'll start talking. <laughs> So my my initial thought, one, if, if you're not praying to begin with very often, I, I don't foresee that it would be a natural natural move. So mm-hmm. one, I would say that you make prayer part of your day. Mm-hmm. And then secondly, if, if you're not reading scripture thoroughly, um, I, I don't think you know what to pray. 
you know, I think Jesus gives us good examples of, of the kind of daily prayer of dependence in the Gospels um, when he teaches us to pray. But, you know, some of the other kinds of prayers we see, like with Paul, uh, I think if, if we're not reading Paul, we, we just won't know what he, the kinds of things that he's even praying for. So it, I guess that's what I'd say, like just a practical step of reading the Bible enough that you know what kinds of things are being prayed and then making prayer part of your day. I think those kinds of prayers will follow if it's already part of who you are. Mm-hmm. So let me follow that up with you, Ryan. Sure. So how often do you pray the Bible? Does that does that make sense? So I, I think, Don, why not you just put out a sure. book on that? Like, so, like an honest answer, how often, you know, I mean, maybe a few times a week it would be part of, of what I'm doing. Um, and usually what that would look like, though, is... You know, I mean, I'll sit down and, and pray before I read the Bible, just for illumination and guidance, um, that the Holy Spirit would direct what I'm reading and, and give me understanding to what I'm reading that day. And then as I read through it, I'm, as I'm thinking over what I've read, I mean, one of the prayers then that I'll usually try and pray at the end of that is that, that God would use something that I've read. If there's something that I can find specifically in the text, then then I'll, I'll pray according to that. Um, you know, if I'm looking at a list of nations that were defeated then you know it's kind of like god i'm not totally sure what you want to do with this today but you know help me see what you've got here so you don't like go look for those nations and see if you can if there's any descendants in. judgment yes judgment on that nation Let's bring they've already been judged well okay oh good job good job man. adam um yeah i think that uh i think ryan's comments are foundational and probably the underlying assumption to what I could add that assuming that you're reading regularly and that you're praying regularly, I think that one of the foundational prayers that, that you could pray to kind of move from that super, what we might call a quote, superficial prayer to a, a deeper prayer that's affectionate is, is like not to be afraid to ask the Lord in prayer for that affection. The one I'm, when you mentioned Paul's prayers, particularly, I mean, we've got all sorts of different prayers throughout the Bible, but when you mentioned Paul's particularly, I'm thinking of just the deep love that he had for those people. And that's why that was the motive for praying those prayers. And, and, uh, you know, I, I don't think that somebody's going to hate me out there for this, but I don't, I don't think that there's anything, obviously those prayers are inspired the word of God. But I think as Paul was praying them and writing them for the people, he was pouring out his heart for them out of a deep spirit-infused love for those people. You know, if we don't ask the Lord for that deep spirit-infused love for people, then our prayers for them will be superficial. And, and unfortunately, that might even filter into like our own families and our own children and our wives when we say, um, you know, help them to do such and such, help them to have a good day, help this, you know, versus like, may her spirit be encouraged by your love, your spirit today and and that sort of thing. So just that asking the Lord for that affection for people um, to know how to pray for them. And then, yeah, and and that's assuming that then once that affection comes through the spirit and that desire to pray deeply for others comes, once that comes, that's assuming that you are in, uh, that you are in the scriptures enough to know what those what those scriptural prayers are like Paul's does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I would I would tag to like praying through scripture like what, what Doctor Whitney talks about in his 
uh, spiritual disciplines of the Christian life is is a fantastic mm-hmm. method. So I don't I don't certainly don't mean to undermine that in any way. I mean I think for for many many people that that would be just a fantastic way to to work to grow and mature in, in praying. You can't do much better than yeah yeah. And, and and for people that maybe aren't aren't disciplined in prayer, like it gives you a structure yeah. that is excellent. And, um, I, I agree that it, it is worthwhile to do. I don't know. I feel like you were going to go elsewhere no, with it. that. You were just saying, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Plug that book. 100% praying the yeah. Bible. Don Whitney. Yeah. Excellent. Just a quick thought with two old Testament guys sitting here. I have to ask, uh, are we just supposed to pray the impractory prayers today? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'll go ask some other old testament. You want, you want my garage answer or my classroom answer? Uh, well, we are in the garage, so uh, I'll take the garage answer. I have to make all your students listen to it then. Too. Yeah, I know. So, so my take on this, and I, I may be wrong. I qualify everything I say, even to my children, with I may be wrong. That way I can back up on it if I need to. Um, I may be wrong about this, but I would say that I don't think that there is, uh, I don't think that there are problems with praying the imprecatory Psalms. But uh, our fight uh, post the cross is not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities of the air. And so we, um, I think that those imprecatory psalms become for us as Christians much more of the defeat and the destruction of Satan and the, the spiritual realm that would war against Christians rather than impre- imprecations against specific people. Mm-hmm. That's short answer. Yeah, and if if we're if we're praying these things on the other side of the cross, like with just such a clear picture of what God's intention is mm-hmm. for humanity, praying for the defeat of Satan, I, I would say too. I mean, even sometimes through the defeat of people who are genuinely evil, and I think mm-hmm. a Christian's prayer ought always first be, God save him. Yes, save him and use him. But if that's if you're not going to do that take him out of commission, like whatever that means, if it means he loses his position and influence or whatever. But And you can pray that prayer with a gospel motive heart. That, that sounds very bizarre, but the, the trick would be praying for the removal of that influence, however the Lord decides right. to do that, but not with a vindictive, right. aggressive heart. Now, that's Absolutely. very hard for most people, yeah. but which would then, I would say, if your heart is... If your heart is sinning against that person and praying the imprecation, then don't pray it. Well, I think, but I, you can pray that without. Yeah, I think that's kind of part and parcel of what's in in Jesus' prayer that, that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That that God's ways, God's kingdom, God's kind of people are the ones who are stewarding the earth, mm-hmm. and you know when when they're not, um, that's kind of what those prayers I think should be directed toward. Yeah. I don't want this guy gone simply because he's making my life hard, but because it doesn't correspond to God's world. Yeah. Um, That's a good way to say it. I think there's a lot of, I think you can see a lot of that kind of popping up in our, in our culture with people saying or praying kinds of things against genuine evils that are in the world. And, you know, I think when you, when you get into, well, God did this or, you know, sent this hurricane or something like that, because of this particular evil people. I've read several things this week about pastors lauding the uh, shooting in Orlando. Mm. Um, and I don't know if you'll have to fill in details on that, but, you know, this is God's judgment against them, and I, I'm glad they're gone and this kind of stuff. And, you know, that's that's not the kind of prayer we're talking no, about. No. Um, that's despicable, and it's sick. Yeah, um, yeah. 
but Absolutely. you know I think I think you pray for God's justice to reign yeah. and and His mercy to to be right alongside. That's good. I, you guys are talking and something that I always a passage that always comes to mind with this is actually Second Thessalonians three two. Paul is saying, "Pray for us," and this is one of his prayer requests that we may be delivered from wicked and evil men, mm-hmm. for not yeah. all have faith. And so it's interesting that he connects yeah. it with the gospel. And these men are wicked and evil, not not just because of who they are, but be, well because of who they are, because they don't have faith. Mm-hmm. And we want the gospel to go forward, and that was his first request that the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored, that there be no obstacles, and some may be evil and wicked men. We want them out of the way, but we want the faith to be what mm-hmm. gets them out of the way, so that's to speak. Right. And I think yeah. Paul has the perfect example in himself. Absolutely. He's going around yeah, that's right. and slaughtering Christians, and then God changes his life. Yep. You wonder uh, who prayed that imprecation against Paul oh, man. that worked. Yeah. <laughs> Should write a history book on that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do some research. That's right. Thinking with through through prayer, I, I've actually just I just wrote a paper on Jonathan Edwards's prayer life, and so I want to ask you guys. Jonathan Edwards's prayer life was immense. He prayed these big global prayers, and I know John Piper talks about that as well. But how do we take our world and expand it? How do we we pray those big sweeping prayers that an Edwards, that a Piper, that some of these godly men that are in our life pray? Can you give an example? Uh, okay, so Edwards wrote uh, a book on how... And the whole book was a prayer. <laughs> it, it pretty much was. I, the title basically is in a humble attempt to basically get all Christians everywhere to pray for the spread of the gospel everywhere. It was during the Great Awakening. It was actually implicated from pastors in Scotland who were trying to get believers there to be together in prayer. And so Edwards picked that mantle up and said, Christians everywhere should be praying for this. And so he put out a book trying to get Christians everywhere just to start praying for the advancement of the kingdom and so how do, we, how do we get our minds in that same mode? Yeah, good question. I think that uh, I mean, the first thing that came to my mind is just that um, we, we have to be aware of maybe the bigger issues that are facing. The thing that, well, I don't know how to say it. The thing that keeps coming to my mind is the bigger picture. Like the world is bigger, the Christian world, the church, the struggles that Christians go through, the issues that the church faces are are far bigger than just our families here, far bigger than even just the North American church for crying out loud. Oh, wait. Yeah, no, seriously. (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't even lie about that. Um, And so I think that like maybe just stepping back from our own little self-centered worlds to see, man, there's a whole lot more going on here which I think, you know, maybe goes back a little bit to, to Ryan mentioning the Lord's Prayer and, and, like, just the idea of the kingdom. Like, there's there's a whole lot more here at stake than maybe just our church or our family or our nation or, you know, but that because that's the world we live in, we so much, that's just our immediate focus. But it seems like that maybe Edwards and some of those other guys have this bigger picture of the kingdom and this bigger picture of the global church that then motivates them to, to pray these big, I mean, what I might call revival-type prayers, you know, this, these big, 
but revival type prayers I think would be a, a good way to say it anything to add yeah I'm not sure what I'd add um, I mean, that's just one would, thing I mean yeah, there may be have to, many other I think things I probably but, have to start with ministers or leaders that are aware of that before you could expect mm-hmm. or encourage others to um, but I mean I, at the same time I think of so many wonderful men and women I know who who pray these kinds of prayers in spite of good or bad leadership and they're just thoroughly infused with God and they want his kingdom. They want his world to look like his world. And, you know, I mean, I don't know what else to say than that. Yeah. One, I mean, one example that just came to my mind, you're talking about leaders and I don't, this is, this is a micro example of what I just explained as a macro (laughs) attempt, but um, like at, at Ninth and O, Dr. Cook will regularly pray for the other churches around us um, during our opening prayer and in our service. And that that's kind of a small picture of this big picture kingdom. Um, you don't find that very often that, I mean, I haven't at least, mm-hmm. that, that a, a church will pray for the services of, of the other churches that are in their neighborhood and in their, in their area, that they would thrive that the gospel would go forth from those churches and so that's that's a small picture but it still is kind of that step back from our own little world and seeing the bigger picture that the lord would work broad spectrum in the world does that answer what you're yeah yeah absolutely and i think what i found with edwards and even piper as well is their prayer life is driven and motivated from their view of god yeah, if, if, you, right. if you have a big view of God, mm-hmm. you will pray big global prayers yeah. and big local prayers as well. Yeah. And so it's like, man, I, I just need to pray these bigger prayers. And it's like, well, first you, just, you need to go see God. Mm-hmm. And I think Isaiah would be a good, good example of that where he's sitting there and all of a sudden he views, he sees God and it's, he's completely undone. And then God sends him on mission. Yeah. And that I feel like that's something that is was true for Edwards, was true probably for Piper if we could talk to him. And, you know, it's just, you have a big view of God, your prayers will be changed. Yeah, and the Isaiah passage is a good one because, like, I mean, I, I, when you said big prayers, I'm thinking, like, global extent versus, like, even the, the person who's asking the Lord, you know, maybe a college student who's asking the Lord, what should I do with my life? You know, missions is an option, this and that, this and that. It's like... You know, Isaiah saw the Lord, and he didn't have to ask, what am I going to do next? Mm. He said, here I am, send me, you know, because of his vision of the Lord. And so, you know, a lot of those, what am I going to do with my life, prayers and questions can get answered very quickly if we, if you have that big view of God. You don't even have to ask the question, what am I going to do next? It's like, here am I send me and of course that question comes what you know what is the send me where am i going yeah but uh but yeah then it, it's you don't even have to ask when you have that big view of god all right last question who has you guys can either give shout outs or just kind of talk through who has taught you to pray in your own life have there been men uh maybe your mom or your dad that have you've listened to them praying and and you now, looking back, you're kind of like, man, I, I pray just like so-and-so. I didn't realize it at the time, or maybe you did realize it at the time, but just a, just a thought on discipleship and prayer. 
Oh man, that's a good one. I mean, I, I would say certainly my parents, um, just from a young age, watching them pray, hearing them pray, them teaching me how to pray. I mean, as a kid, you know, okay, dear Lord, dear Lord. Yeah. <laughs> thank yeah. you for this food. Thank you for this food. <laughs> I still do that one. Yeah, that's right. Which, I mean, you could probably spend a lot of time extolling the, the glory of such a thing. But I, I won't belabor that point too much. Yeah, I mean, I think from an intentional perspective, I, I mean, I remember hearing sermons and things about prayer and, you know, like neat acronyms and things like that that would help put together, you know, how, what kinds of things you pray for. I think in more more recent years, two people and, and maybe a book. A book would be a praying life. It's not perfect. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of things you could say good or bad about it, but it you know, just taking the time to, to look through a godly man who's trying to talk about prayer. And one of the things he does mention is the idea of just a big God and and how that affects your prayer life. And um, so, you know, reading through that at a time that I was trying to intentionally learn and grow in, in prayer was helpful. Um, our church, Ninth and O, went through that at one point. Um, several of the groups and, and things were reading through a praying life. And then, so... As far as people are concerned, our, our pastor, Bill Cook, is a man that I often say I would want praying for me. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I, 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 I was looking to see who it was by. Paul Miller, Paul Miller in case yeah. anybody wants to pick I that didn't up. Say that. A Praying yeah. Life by Paul Miller. Um, I know Tim Keller has also got a book on prayer. I think it's just called Prayer. I've heard a lot of good things about that. I haven't myself read it. but So, yeah, Bill, Bill Cook, it, it's one of the things that he emphasizes in his preaching and teaching and, and just his own personal life. I know that that's an, an important part of his life. And um, the other would be my mother-in-law, who is a, a fierce prayer warrior. And, yeah, I, I often say, you know, if, if there are two people I want to pray for me, it would be my mother-in-law and my pastor. Mm-hmm. By extension, I, I think a lot of my prayers would, would be patterned in that in that vein. And, and I would hope someday that, that the same might be said of me. But. Um, yeah, I can point to, um, I know in college there was a sermon series that Louis Giglio did on prayer that was pretty jarring to me of, of just the idea of prayer as conversation, um, that, that we don't have to have any kind of magical mantra. I, unlike Ryan, I, I grew up without a whole lot of like open vocal prayer in the family. My parents obviously definitely were praying for us and we went to church. We grew up in the church that we grew up in. You could you could recite the offertory prayer of the guy that you know you could recite it <laughs> along with him. You know that kind of thing. And so, um, just part of the liturgy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. So to have the <laughs> in college to it be introduced to the idea of prayer as conversation, and that there's not this magical mantra that makes it right. That it's just a it's it's just talking to a heavenly Father that loves us was very helpful to me as far as prayer as a discipline. Uh, back in the decades ago, which literally it was a decade ago, it was in fall of 2003, I had Chuck Lawless for uh, what we called Formations of Christian Ministry, which is is now the spiritual disciplines class. But just his his drive and discipline of of prayer was a great example for me from the uh, the necessity of prayer in ministry as a discipline. And um, Dr. Cook also is... It has been influential for me in that same vein. I think as far as audible, um, uh, what would I call it, public prayer, like from a a pulpit or a sermon or sermons, things of that nature. I think Bruce Ware 
and and John Piper have been pretty influential for me of how to pray a an impassioned public prayer without drawing attention to oneself. That, those guys, uh, I think, do that very well. So those are some thoughts there. I, I'm probably, if I thought about it more, I could come up with other folks. But in those various veins of conversation, Louis Giglio, importance as a discipline, Chuck Lawless and, and Bill Cook, and then uh, public prayer without drawing attention to oneself. Bruce Ware and John Piper. Those are some guys. Uh, personal prayer, I throw in Don Whitney um, and his mm-hmm. the book Praying the Bible. I mean, just inc- has been incredibly helpful for me. It gives me that type A personality structure. <laughs> I mean. Pray this, then pray this, then pray this. Yeah. <laughs> but it also gives me a, the, the little teensy bit of creativity that I have <laughs> to say, there's the psalm passage, but my mind just went here and pray for this, that's, you're free to do that. Yeah. In praying the psalm, read the book, you'll get it. (laughs) For me, my parents were were very diligent to pray for us and with us as kids. So I I really appreciate, appreciate that growing up. And uh, it was in college. Our president was putting such a big emphasis on prayer. He bought every student in it. So I don't know at the time, five, maybe 600 copies worth of E.M. Bounds' complete mm-hmm. works and just gave it out to us saying, this, this book will, will change, change uh, your prayer life. And so I, I've read that two or three times and it's been, been phenomenal. Uh, I think every, just about every page has highlighting on it. Just, just <laughs> constantly, you're just like, oh, that's gold. That's gold. Yeah, I am one of those. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Al Mohler says to mark up your books. I'm going to go put a tag at the... At the Boyce Library, that you can't uh, you can't check out books. That's yeah, right. yeah. Um, the other book that has been really helpful is actually Jonathan Edwards's "An Humble Attempt," where he just walks through prayer and these big prayers. And so I opened that up quite a bit. As far as men that have helped me, be um, Dr. McLaughlin. I know you guys don't know him, but uh, he he mentored me a lot after I was first saved, and I would just walk into his office and be like, "I just want you to pray and, and talk to me about." life and how it how it should be done and I, I really do appreciate I'll echo you guys with Dr. Cook just a phenomenal man who's humble and wants God's will for for his life and for other people's life and him and Jalen I and if they were praying for me and I knew that like I and I know they they probably do on a consistent basis he, yeah he he models so I mean I would call it fearless prayer yeah I mean, yeah. he's not afraid to ask anything and, and with boldness and certainty, yeah. and uh, it's just a great example. And I think that trickles down into the into the uh, the congregation. Yeah, right? absolutely. There, you, your congregation will follow the the pastor mm-hmm. in how he prays. Mm-hmm. So, well, guys, I think we'll wrap it up there uh, for our listeners. Guys, we're on iTunes and SoundCloud. Leave us uh, some feedback on iTunes. That'll really help us uh, get the word out. Adam and Ryan and I are all on Twitter. Those two are on Facebook. Uh, I am not. And, uh, but, but leave them feedback, and it'll get back to us. If you want something talked about specifically on, on, uh, on the podcast here, we'll, we'll give you a, a shout-out or something along those lines. But until next time, remember there's ultimate joy to be pursued in this life. It's in Jesus Christ, pursue Him.